Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so thrilled to be once again together with you this beautiful Sunday morning, this Lord's Day. And today we take out this day to worship Him together, to learn together, to receive instruction together. So let's get ready to worship this morning. But before we do that, I just wanted to remind you that we want to see you. We want to see you. And the way we can see you, make sure you go to the chat room right now. Do me that favor, right? Go to the chat room right, right now. Let us know that you're there. Let us know that you're listening. Uh, you could say uh, me and someone else. Put your name and two other people that might be with you, three other people that might be with you. Also, let us know where you are looking from, or rather where you're um, attending from. If you're in New York, if you're in Philly, if you're in California, if you're in Texas, let us know. We want to know. We want to be able to see you, even though it's virtual, we want to know that you're there. We want to feel your presence also, okay? And just uh, send me a good morning on text uh, on our chat room because I'm there with you. I'm making sure that we... Uh, uh, talk to each other and fellowship together and if you have any prayer requests let us know also on the chat room um, if there's anything you'd like to know you could call us at the office during the week 718-829-5306 so let's make sure we keep in contact uh, this is the day that the Lord has made but uh, in reality when you consider the fact that he made this day he gave it to us so we have to take advantage of this day. And one of the first and best things we can do is worship Him. Put Him first. This is the first month of the year, so let's make sure that we get our priorities straight, and our priority should always be seeking Him first, putting Him first. Amen? So in this beautiful Lord's Day, let's get ready to worship the Lord. Uh, so let's go right into the time of worship and praise, and I'll see you there in the time of worship. God bless you. Father, we pray this moment for your people. We pray your blessing upon them. And Father, as we gather together in this beautiful Lord's Day, in this virtual room that you've given us, I pray your presence. I pray your presence right now in their homes, Lord God, right where they're at. Holy Spirit, fill them with your presence. Lord, let the joy of the Lord flood that place where they're at, whether it's the bedroom, the living room, the kitchen, uh, in the car, wherever they may be, at work, Fill that place, Lord God. Let that environment be an environment that is sanctified by your presence and by your grace and your love. Lord, let the joy of the Lord permeate and saturate, Lord, that place where they're at. Lord, we'll give you the glory for it. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go into worship together right now. No longer on this 
are jars of clay, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that all surpassing power is from God and not from us. It's from Him and not from us. In His presence, we are undone. We become nothing. We come before Him unashamed and naked. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
no friend, no one, no job, no money can compare. You are matchless, you are matchless, you are awesome, you are wonderful, you are beautiful, and you are glorious all by yourself. Woo! Oh, hallelujah! Here in your presence, here in your presence. Oh, Lord, we are undone. We are undone. Stay quiet in the presence of the king, isn't it? He truly is wonderful. He truly is beautiful. 
and he is undoubtedly matchless in every way imaginable. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I wish the people of God would give him a shout of praise in this place. He is so holy and righteous and mighty beyond our comprehension. We couldn't imagine him with our wildest imaginations because he is so amazing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. with how incredible he is, he takes the time to love each and every one of us. We're talking about the God of creation. When he designed the universe, he did it with just simple words from his mouth. That's how amazing he is. That same God cares about you, loves you so much, he allowed his son to be placed on the cross so that he could be with you in eternity. Wow. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's alive in you. Son, your son, your son, your son. 
Praise God, that was awesome. It's always wonderful to be able to come together and worship the Lord together. Even though we are in the virtual sanctuary, we know that the Lord is with us. Because in reality, the church is not four walls of a building. The church is His people. It's you and me. And we are together, and we're worshiping Him together. And He's seeing that. He's seeing that in the spirit realm. There's no distance or separation in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. We are one. Glory to God. And I just wanted to remind you, if you came a little later, please let us know that you're there. We want to feel your presence. We want to know that you're with us. So if you just came on uh, while we were doing worship uh, together, just go to the chat room a moment and let us know that you're there. Put your name down if anybody's with you, you and two more, you and three more. We want to know. Um, it's, it's important for us to know that you're fellowshipping with us. If you have any prayer requests also, please put them in the chat room and we will address it live. We'll pray for you right there. Amen. Uh, you don't have to worry. You don't have to wait. We will pray with you right then and there. Hallelujah. So um, we're going to come into a time of uh, right now of, of just considering releasing an offering unto the Lord. And the reason why we do that is because, first and foremost, he said so. He said so. For us to share our tangible goods in this earth realm, we always need to make sure that we are sharing that which God placed in our hands. He made us in that way. Our, actually, our highest joy is when we're sharing with others. Let me um, remind you of Christmas, when you are giving a gift to your children, who's actually more happy? Who's more excited? Is it the child receiving the gift or is it you waiting for them to open up that gift and express their joy? It's us, of course, because we are at our highest when we are giving. But the greater thing is that God himself is the giver. He's the greatest giver. You know, you see Jesus on the cross. He gave his life for all of humanity. See, God is a giver. God is love. And love gives. It's just the way it is. So also, uh, giving shows our priorities. Because by nature, we give to the things that are important to us. You know that, and I know that. I don't have to think twice of going to the supermarket and giving my money to the supermarket. Why? Because eating is important to me. I need to eat. That's a priority, right? Uh, for, for, those, for those of us that uh, used to go to the movies, because I don't know if any of us have been to the movies in, in over a year, frankly. But when we wanted to go to the movies, we didn't think twice uh, about giving them the money because we wanted to see the movie. We might have said, man, the prices are getting a little high, but you still pay it anyway. And you go in there and you watch a movie and you enjoy your movie, right? And those of you that love good food and when we are able to go to a restaurant, um, we sit down. I don't normally, well, listen, uh, how much is this going to cost me in advance? I want to know if it's 40 bucks or 50 bucks because if, if it's 50 bucks, I'm out of here. No, we normally go in, we sit down, we enjoy our meal and then they give us the bill and we pay the bill. Because, you know, it's a priority for us to have a little fellowship time with the family, with our girlfriends, with our wives, with our husbands, whatever it may be. We do that uh, almost without thinking twice. It's almost second nature to us. And the money flows to the restaurant. We don't even think the fact that we are empowering the restaurant owners and the staff to live uh, and pay their bills and to also take care of the things that they need and they enjoy. But we actually do that. We transfer some of what is important to us, because finance is important, we transfer it to them so that they can also pay their bills. Isn't it interesting? We go to the movies, uh, and the, the movie owner uh, is able to generate income from what we just did. We share it with him. So we actually empowered him or her to be able to enjoy their lifestyle. See, that's what happens. We're constantly transferring things that uh, f that are in our control to others. 
But the priority here of giving is when God is first, then his kingdom is first, and that means that we get involved in the sharing of our goods and our resources and our finances so that others could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that other, people could, other people's needs could be met. And, and when God sees that that's a priority to us, that we are givers because we love others and we love God and, we, and God is our priority. He, he said for us to give and to make sure we honor him with the substance that's, that, that we have, honor him with the first fruit of what we have. He will fill our vats with new wine. He's the one that will take care of all of our need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. So when we are giving, we are going into that cycle of blessing. God loves the cheerful giver. Why? Because we are sharing that which is important to us. You know, we worked for it, so um, it's, it's a piece of our life. It's a part of our life. We'll never get that part of our life back. You work 40 hours in a job, you're not going to get that back. In return, you gave a certain, you, you received a certain amount of finance. When you share that, that's a, almost a part of your life. When you share that with others, God is pleased with that. See, and then the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 that God then blesses us with more resource so that we could continue to be that blessing. So today, as we get ready to receive the tithe and offering, let's remember that what we're doing, we're doing it because God is first in our lives, because we're flowing in the same spirit that God flows. He is the giver. He is love, and He shares. You see, He loves to share with His children. He, he blesses us. The Bible says that there are mansions in heaven or, or provision in heaven for us. Now, the Bible says that He takes care of the lilies of the field. Will He not take care of us? He said the Gentiles are the ones that chase after a home, after clothing, after goods. He said, but seek the kingdom of God, and all those things shall be added unto you. So he's a giver, and he, and he loves to bless his people. He loves the prosperity of his servant. He loves to make sure that his people are taken care of. But he looks to see how we handle our tangible goods. And so when we release the tithe and offering for something that's not for us, it's for someone else, then he says, now We've got it. Now we understand. But it, it, money is not an idol to us. Money is not more important to uh, us than God is. God's more important. So we make sure that we co-partner or we partner with God in this earthly realm with our life, our time, our talent, and our treasure. And He is pleased with that. He opens up the windows of heaven for those that would share the tithe in this earth realm. He is the one that rebukes the devourer for our sake. See, the devourer constantly and continuously comes at us to steal our goods, to steal our resources, so that we would be useless, so that we would not be able to be impactful in the kingdom of God. But, but, but the, the scripture says that God is the one that rebukes the devourer for our sakes, see, so that we could continue to be that blessing that God has called us to be. Amen. So let's get ready to receive the tithe and offering. And the way we can do that, because we're in the virtual chat room, is take a moment uh, once we pray um, and we'll, we'll go into that break time we give you three minutes so we could go right into the website calvaryny.org calvaryny.org forward slash give calvaryny.org forward slash 
give. Go there, you release your tithe and offering, it's very convenient, right through your credit card. Uh, that's what my wife and I have been doing for over a year now. We've gotten used to that system. It's, it's simpler for us. We don't have to write out envelopes. There's a record, you get a receipt. Um, it, it goes into the ministry uh, right away. And um, our uh, back office, our main office can, and can know that you gave and we can record it right away. So let's get ready to give this moment. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for your divine provision. Thank you for meeting all of our need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you for your love and your kindness to us. Thank you, Father, that you're the one that opens up the windows of heaven. You're the one that rebukes the devourer for our sake. You're the one that brings us into that cycle of giving and receiving, my God, so that we could continue to be resourced to bless others. You're the one that, that said, Lord God, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. So, Father, I thank you, Lord God, for that. We release this moment, the tithe and the offering in your presence, thanking you, my God, because you're the one, my God, that opens the door for us. You're the one that gives us the strategies and the wisdom and the resources and the divine connections and the grace and favor in our jobs to be able to continue to put food on the table, to continue to pay our bills, to continue to pay our mortgages and rents, Lord God, to continue to pay our car notes, Father. You're the one, Lord God, and you understand these things are important to us. But Father, today we declare that you're first. We seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness first. You said and you promised that all these things will be added to us. So we thank you, Lord, for it. So, Father, receive the tithe and the offering to our High Priest, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and Amen.
God bless you, my CC family. We miss you. We love you. And we can't wait to congregate again at the church with the Calvary family. And especially with our cell group. We can't wait to have you back in our house. Amen. God, amen to that. God bless you all. God bless you, Calvary, Calvary Christian Fellowship. We miss you. We hope to congregate soon. Uh, it's very important that uh, we gather as a family and amen. to love on God and uh, to give him all the honor and glory and the praise for what he deserves. Uh, important that uh, this year, 2021, we put God first uh, to see... The, he will get us through in, in the year 2021. Uh, the yes. year 2020 has been a very challenging year uh, for many of us. Uh, it's been a challenging year for the nation. But personally, uh, uh, losing three family members, my, my nephew, my my mother, God bless us all, and, I, and, okay. and our dog, Snowy, that we love dearly for so much, uh, uh, like a son. And uh, uh, in all of this, I was I was asking myself, Lord, where are you? Where I mean, uh, we're in you know in despair and hardship and 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 crying and suffering for losses, but yet again, the, we have endured because God is good, God is great, and we Amen. have to be able to yes, to continue uh, on this path and to 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 continue glorifying His name. Uh, he's just putting us uh, through the fire uh, so we can come like shining gold. Yes, uh, we believe that. We believe in his word. And and it's what's most important is to be able to put God first. If we're able to put God first, Amen. then everything else will come into a fruit. Uh, the word of God says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, it says, Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth what you need all these things. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. you. And I believe in the word of God. So I'm, I'm going to be able to stick with this. And to be able to uh, put away uh, the year 2020. It's the past. Yes, Let's look on to the future. Amen. Uh, yesterday's uh, blessings is not today's blessings. It's not tomorrow's blessings. So we'll thank God that we're moving in direct the, the, the right direction. And I'm looking forward to continuing with the ministry of the cell group where God has been blessing us mightily. And I advise you, if you don't have anything to do on a Saturday evening, come and join us so you can learn more of the Word of God. So thank you once again. God bless you. And you have a blessed, blessed day. God bless you and have a blessed week. Amen. Bye-bye.
Amen. Praise God. That was good. That was good. I always love it when we can worship together and praise God together. And uh, also, uh, Edwin and Berenice, thank you so much for those wonderful words uh, that you gave us today. Really appreciate it more than words can say. Hallelujah. You are a blessing. You and Berenice are a blessing to the body of Christ. We thank you for all that you do. We thank you that you always open up your home. We thank you for your gift of hospitality and service and the fact that you are veterans in the kingdom of God. God's blessing continue to be upon you and upon your lovely family. Hallelujah. Want to remind you before we get into the message that next Sunday is going to be First Fruit Sunday. First Fruit Sunday is a time that we dedicate as a church uh, to make sure that we give our first fruit unto the Lord. That is a special offering that we give. Um, it's not a regular tithe and offering. It's a special offering. It's a first fruit offering. Um, it, the Bible says that uh, when we give the first fruit, God causes um, a blessing to rest upon our household. So we, we always do that the first month of the year. So as uh, God leads you, uh, this is not something we uh, tell you to do. This is not something that we tell you how much you should give. No, this comes from your heart. And uh, we make sure that according to the scripture, we release the first fruit, the best, the choicest gift to God, making sure that we're honoring him, making sure that money never has us. We have money. We use money. We love God and we use money. We don't love money. We use money for the glory of God, for the benefit of the kingdom of God, for the benefit of our families, for the benefit of helping others. And when we have that in place, God makes sure he puts a blessing on our household. Praise God. Today I wanted to speak to you a couple of minutes on this issue that we are living in. We're, li we're living in a new era. We're living in a new season. It is a new year, but it's also been a new season that we've been living in. It's been uh, kind of difficult. Uh, it's not something that we've been used to. And then to top it off, we just had an election year. Election years, when you're talking about uh, presidential elections, are always difficult and emotional because people get involved on, uh, since we have a two-party system, for the most part, there are the parties, but they're not really taken seriously. It's usually either Democrat or Republican. So um, uh, you, you have both sides vying for uh, the opportunity to get their candidate elected. And in this year, th this was an especially difficult one. And uh, it was very emotional and for many, even many troubling. So uh, various groups, uh, you know, pushed their agendas and their visions to make sure they get their candidate elected. So, um, and, you know, of course, uh, every nation does that. And uh, in this particular nation, we had even conservative and liberal agendas that were strongly advocated for. So the point is that the election is over. It's a new year. It's a new season. So we have to remember, as Christians, we have dual citizenships. While we live in this nation, our true permanent citizenship is in the kingdom of God, where Jesus rules. He's the king, and he's our king. We're here temporarily, so we have to make sure that we put everything in check. Our emotions, our words, our attitudes always have to reflect the citizenship that we come from. And it's the citizenship of the kingdom of God. King Jesus rules with love, justice, mercy, and in truth. You know, we can have a good debate, but at the end of the day, we are still citizens of one kingdom, and that is the kingdom of God. We are Americans, amen, and we thank God for the privilege that God has given us 
to be Americans, but we are from the kingdom of God. So our true and eternal citizenship uh, reflects in our daily lives, and it should reveal truth, justice, mercy, forgiveness. These characteristics should be revealed in all of God's citizens, kingdom citizens, wherever they are and wherever they go, and in whatever season we encounter ourselves. So we are one. The Bible says that you, we as the body, we are one. When Jesus died on the cross, no bones were broken. Everything was left complete. His body is one. And, you know, uh, we as, uh, again, American citizens, we have opinions and we voiced our opinions. But never let opinions create a breach in our relationship. At Calvary Christian Fellowship, we are composed of many members and we all had opinions. We all had uh, differing opinions, you know, but we are one. We come from the kingdom of God. God's spirit is one. Our nation might be divided, and we definitely have major divergent worldviews, you know, but we are one. Looking at the world, when we compare the current state of our nation and the world, um, you know, uh, and the world events, we really see that we're starting to touch on the end days. So we have to be careful that we remain rock solid in our faith to be able to let the world see Jesus in us and through us. As we get closer to the end days, we're going to see more uh, and more of these major themes converge, such as one world government. And you could hear the governments talking about that, coming together, wanting to create that one world government so that they can control everything. A cashless society. This is something that has been in process for a while, and it is con continuing. It looks to me that it's even increasing and speeding up. What about government domination and control over the people? We're seeing that more and more in more and more nations. Government wanting to make decisions for the citizenry instead of the citizenry allowed to, be make, uh, to, to make their own decisions. What about a one world religion? We actually saw that in 2020, where many world leaders got together, world religious leaders that is, got together and declared that they're going to work together toward a one common religion. And what about people hating each other? Matthew 24 says that in the last days people would hate each other. You need to be careful about that spirit because part of the deceitful spirit that has been launched over this nation is to get us to hate each other. And they're using themes such as race and uh, such as bigotry and things of that nature. But always make sure when you're dealing with people, look to see what's the spirit that's motivating them. Because that's not the spirit of God. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not the spirit of God. I'm not called to hate you. I'm called to love you. Even if I disagree with you, even if I have a hearty, robust disagreement and uh, we have a good... See, we never argue. We have intense fellowship. <laughs> We have intense fellowship, okay? That's different. But I don't hate you. I love you. You're my brother in Christ. You're my sister in Christ. What about people betraying each other? We're seeing that also. People betraying each other, promising to be there, to be committed to each other, and then the last minute they betray each other. You're seeing that more and more throughout the world and in our nation. And sin rampant everywhere. The, the sin quotient is increasing everywhere, even in our laws, in our government, in our structures sin in every area that is you know what the bible says in the last days you're going to see that it's going to be rampant and what about the love of many waxing cold wow 
God is love. So if I'm born again, and I'm part of his family, and I have his DNA, I have love. I flow in love. How can Christians hate each other? How can Christians allow love to wax cold within them? Be very careful, people. Do not allow the spirit of error, the spirit of this, these last days, to manipulate you into acting just like the world. Because we are not of the world. We live in the world, but we are not of the world. King Jesus said that in spite of all these conditions, in the last days, the gospel will be preached in all of the world. So that means that we're still on assignment. That means that we still have a lot of good work to do. That means that we are in an opportune time and season to reach many people for Christ. So instead of allowing the enemy to get us sidelined into things that really have no eternal import, let's make sure that we abound in that which God called us to abound in. The scripture teaches us that wherever sin abounds, grace abounds even more. That's found in Romans chapter 5, verse 20. So grace should be abounding from us. Love should be abounding from us. Passion, compassion should be abounding in and through our lives. There's one verse that I take to heart, and I, I do it with all of my heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. That means do not let anybody move you. Then it goes on to say, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Everything you've done in the kingdom of God is not in vain. When you preach, it's not in vain. When you teach, it's not in vain. When you give your time, when you pray for others, it's not in vain. But it says there, Remain steadfast. Don't allow anything to swerve you, to move you away from the assignment that God has given you. Then it says, abound in the work of the Lord. That word abound means that everybody should be seeing that coming from your life in abundance. You're abounding in the work of the Lord. So remember that verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. See, Paul said that he had a wide door of opportunity. In 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9, for a wide door of opportunity for effectual service. Notice, that's what the opportunity was for. Our opportunity is to preach the gospel, to disciple as many as we can, especially as the days get worse and worse. The grace grows more and more upon us. More and more people should be saved. More and more people should be delivered and set free, encouraged. And Paul said that a, a great door, a wide door of opportunity for effectual service has been opened for me. It's a promising one, he says, in the Amplified Version. But it says this, and there are many adversaries. See, so every time God opens up a door, you'll always have adversaries. But, but didn't uh, David pray? He says, you, open, uh, you present the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. So you'll always have enemies. And of course, the devil hates the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, people that are overtaken by that spirit of darkness, the eyes of their spirit being darkened, they hate the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't want them, uh, they don't want for us to call out their sin. And it's not us, it's the scripture. They hate the Bible. But what hates the Bible in them is that spirit. When God opens up their eyes, then they'll realize, oh my God, God's not my enemy. The devil's my enemy. God loves me. 
He loves me with an eternal love. So we have a wide door of opportunity this, this year, 2021. Um, it's going to be a year where we have to do things differently. But uh, the work of the Lord should continue to abound in and through you, no matter what. On the contrary, grace should be abounding even more. The word opportunity means wide open doors, you know, great effective doors. So the door that has been opened up for us in this season is a great one. See, and once it's open, it's going to release untold harvest unto God. And it'll bring great glory and honor to God. It'll please the heart of God. And many people will come to saving faith in Christ. So we need to understand this is a new season. And in this new season, we're going to need several new things to be able to not only address the challenges, but to thrive in the midst of this new season. First thing we're going to need is a new awareness. This new season requires new awareness. Moses' generation died because of their mindset. Their old mindset could not enter into the new season. Don't you allow your mindset of an old season to limit you in terms of what you can do in this new season. Things have shifted. Things have to be done differently. But that does not mean that God is not on his throne. That does not mean that you're not useful anymore. That does not mean that we just walk away into the sunset. No, we continue to abound in the work of the Lord. But we need to have a new mindset. When Joshua came in, he did things differently. But that was all right. God gave him the wisdom and the strategy for that new season. And God has given us his wisdom for this new season. See? And another thing is that what worked before might not work in this season. Even having services, even gathering, even fellowshipping. We've been fellowshipping in different ways. We've had to. We've had to adjust because of the virus and because of other things, pandemic and the things that have been happening. We've had to adjust. We've had to adjust in our economics. We've had to adjust the way we take care of each other. We've had to adjust even the way we walk in the streets or go into a store or fellowship. You know, God has new strategies. He has new ideas. He has new strength for you in this new season. He has joy for you in this new season. He has new boldness for us. I pray for boldness in this new season. Because I have to do things different ways. And I'm, I'm a creature of habits. I like doing things the same old way. So the fact that I have to do things differently uh, requires boldness for me because I'm not used to doing things this way. Even meeting with you in this way has taken some getting used to. Now, some of you know what I'm talking about because some of you have given some testimonies through video and you say, man, that's hard. Some of you have, to, have had to do three and four or five takes before you are happy with your video, right? Ah, come on, come on, admit it. It's not easy. This is a new way of doing things. So what worked in the last season might not work now, but that's all right. We will um, acclimate to new season. And not only that, we'll thrive. We're having wonderful times on Tuesdays, and we even had, last Tuesday, we had worship together, we shared, we had testimonies, we even had a beautiful song from Sister Jeanette uh, at the end, which was so apropos, it was so relevant to that which we had shared on that very Tuesday. So, you know, God's still moving mightily, so uh, hallelujah for that. We also need a clean slate in this new season. So, if in an old season, you messed up, you sinned, you fell short, you blew it. Listen, confess your sins and let them go. Don't, don't keep it. Let it go. It's a new season. Faith is always moving forward. You know, let it go as you get ready to enter into your new season. Get rid of old dead, old offenses. 
you know, all anger, old issues, old problems. Let it go. Walk into your new season with a new slate. Also, God's going to add to your current relationships, new relationships. God's going to give you new contacts, new friends on every level, new connections. God's going to give you even heroes and, and people that you can see and say, ah, that's the way they're doing it in this new season. So, you know, uh, we, we need to get ready for that. God's going to add to our relationships and add to our wisdom and ability to do things in this new season, right? And I love the fact that um, God has put us in a place where we're not just tolerated, we're celebrated. You are important in the kingdom of God, and God has connected you in a family that loves you and appreciates you and respects you, respects your voice, honors your voice. See, divine promotion and provision are flowing you know, and they're, they're flowing because of your assignment. See, assignment is created many times via connections and relationships. So as we grow in the season, our connections and divine relationships are going to allow our wisdom and provision and even promotion to flow to our assignment, to flow to us. So I thank God for new relationships. Also, we're going to need, frankly, a new level of commitment. Change yourself. See, we only have the power to change ourselves. We can't change others, no matter how much we try. We can only change ourselves. And to operate on a higher level, we're going to need a higher level of commitment. God cannot bless us beyond our level of commitment. We curse ourselves when we refuse to make a commitment, because nothing can flow to us unless we make a commitment. Growth always happens by process. When you just get stuff without working for it, you won't appreciate it. And you won't have a process that will allow you to grow. See, easy come, easy go. When you go through a process and you commit to it, you grow. See, you need the process where God will make you into that mature believer that will, that will um, allow you to withstand the processes and pressures of life. See, diamonds, for example, they're made by pressure, strong pressure. They're made by a process. It takes a long time to create a diamond. So we've been formed, and we're in the process of being formed, and in this new season, God is shifting us now, and we need a greater commitment. Everything that has worth went through a process and had to be committed to that process. The lump of coal in order to become a diamond, had to stay in that place of pressure in order to become the diamond. So we need a new level of commitment so that we could remain in that process. We need to cry out to God and say, God, make me. Don't simply just give me stuff. The fruit of the Spirit takes process to develop. See, to develop love, sometimes God will send you cantankerous, difficult folk. To develop peace, God sometimes will send you storms to develop the muscles of peace. If you ask for strength, sometimes they'll make you go through brokenness. Why? Because the strength is manifest when we are weak. Strength develops when we go through our brokenness and we remain in the presence of God. So every true commitment comes out of conviction. There's a story once I heard that the chicken and the egg had to give a commitment 
so uh, the chicken was preaching to the pig listen come on we got to be committed you know look at me I gave a dozen eggs so the pig responded and says it's easy for you you just laid the egg for me to give bacon I had to make a true commitment <laughs> isn't that true so many are happy just to contribute a little a little something so that they can that they can make regarding their gifts and abilities but God isn't interested in just gifts and abilities God isn't interested in that he wants you he wants the full commitment he wants a personal relationship with you he tells us don't give me what's in your hand give me your heart hallelujah I'm gonna say that again don't give me what's in your hand give me your heart see if he has your heart then he has every part of you see when you make a commitment you give all of what you really are when John the Baptist saw Jesus he said, I must decrease and he must increase. So in a new season, something in our life must decrease so that the new may increase in our lives. There might be less uh, uh, TV for us, new demands, new demands on our time, less overtime at work so that we could give more time in ministry. Whatever it may be, God will show you where you have to invest your talent, your time and treasure and energy in this new season. And God will get glory. And for everything you give God, God gives it back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So remember this. Whenever we com whatever we commit to, whatever we commit to, we actually empower. Before we begin anything, we must first look at what's going to be the priority for us. Because as we're seeking to get involved in something, we have great potential. That's all we have is potential. But once we commit, once we say, God, I'm giving you my gift, I'm giving you my time, talent, and treasure, that's when ideas start coming forth. When you truly commit to something, that's when your wisdom kicks in, your brain kicks in, your emotions kick in, your, 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 your power kicks in. See, God's wisdom begins to come forth. People will even come forth with similar passions. Resources are attracted also. Finance comes when you make a commitment. Commitment, people, is a powerful force on this earth realm. So the challenge with commitment is that we usually do not commit unless there's some form of crisis. When we're on easy street, when everything is given to us, when we have an abundance of everything, usually we don't commit to anything. See? But conviction is at the core of commitment. Without conviction, there usually isn't any commitment. So what are you convicted of? What's important to you? What gets you roused up? What gets you passionate? See, that conviction is going to help you to make a commitment. But make sure that the things that are, are making you uh, passionate about something is in line with the will of God and the purposes of God and the love and the grace of God and the goodness of God. See, that's why, it, you know, it's not good to depend on people that are not committed. If you, you tell a person that's not committed, could you please help me? That is sure. And then they don't show up. No, only committed people will show up. Only committed folk can be depended upon when things get tough. See, in this new season, we need to link with others that are committed. Committed to the kingdom of God. Committed to the fellowship. Committed to their families. Committed to their communities.
See, in this season, seek to work with committed folk, and you'll be able to get things done in the kingdom of God. God is a God of commitment. Did he not commit to us? Even when he created us, he committed to take care of us. He made a, a beautiful world with lots of resources on it for us. Jesus died on the cross for us. He committed to us. Now, you need to understand this. Commitment will always be challenged. Just because you commit, people are not going to come to you and pat you on the back and say, Wow, you're, you're, you're wonderful. You committed. No. On the contrary, commitment will always be challenged. Commitment can be challenged from several areas. For example, commitment can be challenged by your own self, by your emotion, by your flesh. See, our flesh is spoiled. It only wants to be pampered. It doesn't want to work. It wants people to work for us. It only wants to sit down, watch TV, watch La Novelita. I want my way. What's in it for me? See, that's what the flesh does. When we commit to something, that means we have to work towards something. So our flesh is going to fight. Sometimes the greatest fight is yourself. The greatest fight is, oh, you don't want to do that. Well, what's the matter with you? So we'll fight tooth and nail many times to commit. And one of the first enemies is your flesh. The second one is the devil. Any person that commits to Christ, the devil's going to challenge their faith. Guaranteed it's going to happen. It's going to send you stuff your way to try to dissuade you from your commitment. But the Bible says, stand, resist the enemy. And you know, it says, submit to God, resist the enemy, and he will flee from you. The third thing is people. Other people will challenge your commitment. The minute you commit, they'll say, oh, who do you think you are? You think you're better than me? You know, oh, you're never going to do that. Oh, yeah, I know. You're going to stop, but you're not going to finish. People can sometimes be pain in the necks. You know, here you want to do something good, and they're, they're, they'll be the first ones to criticize you. Isn't that weird? That's how come when you commit, you have to be ready to go at it sometimes alone. Or you have to make sure you're in a group of people that are fully committed like you are, so that you could uh, encourage each other. Because many times your family and friends are not going to encourage you. They're going to try to discourage you. And the fourth thing is circumstances and situations. Isn't it interesting? The minute you try to do something good, that's when things start breaking. <laughs> that's when things start messing up. That's when things don't work. I got to tell you, it's amazing. When you commit to something, something circumstances are going to come at you, situations are going to come at you, you're going to have to push through sometimes. Sometimes you're going to get in the, up in the morning and say, I don't know why I'm doing this. But because you commit it, you will get it done. Commitment, in actuality, is when you swap one way of doing things for another. You swap one priority for another. You used to do things one way, but now you commit to this. So now you have to say no to a lot of things. When you say yes and commit to something, by necessity, you're saying no to something else. As your responsibility increases in the kingdom of God, your leisure will decrease. See? In order for there to be an increase of productivity, there will have to be less waste of time. See, before we used to waste a lot of time, and we didn't think about it. But now we have a calendar. We have Monday we're doing this, Tuesday we're doing this, Wednesday we're doing this. So now we, we can't just chill. <laughs> Many people spend all their time chilling out. But now our evenings are booked because we are on, a, let's say, uh, maybe on a YouTube uh, service. We might be uh, on a live streaming service. We might be on Zoom in the evening time. So we, we watch less TV. See? So by necessity, when there is more productivity, there's less waste of time. We learn to become better stewards of our time, our talent, and our treasure. When we say yes to one thing, we say no to another thing. 
Another thing we must do in this new season is we must grow in Christ in this season. Don't stay in the third grade. When I say third grade, I mean levels. Don't stay in that level. Come to high school. Come to college in your walk with Christ. Grow in the Lord this year. Develop some disciplines in this year that you didn't have last year. Disciplines in studying His Word. Disciplines in prayer. Disciplines in fasting. Disciplines in, in, in walking right with God. Before, you used to just do things. Well, it's just the way I am. But no, 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 no. Now you discipline yourself. No, you're not that way anymore. You have the mind of Christ. You're a new creation in Christ. Before I used to do that, I no longer do that. See? We, 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 we need to grow. There's so many people that have an inability to grow because they refuse to commit. But we must grow to the next level so that we might be in the season able to abound. See? Otherwise, what will happen is we will become bound if we don't grow and neutralized and useless in this season. We need to be sharp and we need to grow. I remember when I had to go back to school, I learned so many things. I said, wow, I didn't know what I did know. It's amazing. I was so ignorant about so many things. When I went back to Bible school, I saw verses in a different way. I studied a little bit of Greek, a little bit of Hebrew. I realized, oh my God, look at the context of this verse. I never knew that. We need to grow in this season. Another thing we need is we need a greater love for God's presence and His Word. In Psalms 119, verse 9 on, it says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and I will contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Hallelujah. That's what David would sing before the Lord. In Psalms 51.10, David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast, steadfast spirit in me. We need to be steadfast in this season. We need to make sure that we have a new love and passion for God's presence and His word. Hallelujah. And in order to do that, we need to have a clean heart so that we can clearly hear His voice. And as we read and study His Word and meditate on His Word, the Spirit of God will be able to speak to us clearly. God doesn't scream. He speaks in a still, small voice in our spirit, man. So cleanse your heart so you could hear His Word. Have a love and a passion for His Word. Uh, read His Word. Meditate on His Word every day. And like David, he said, you know, renew a steadfast spirit in me. So we, in, this, in this season, we cannot be ego-driven. We cannot be like the world. God promotes the humble and the faithful and the consistent, the committed. God does not promote those that have big egos. See, Don't be moved by what you see in this season. You're going to see a lot of stuff, a lot of crazy stuff, a lot of things that will be disappointing. People will disappoint you. Circumstances and situations will try to set you back. But we need commitment to push through. Because they're great and awesome opportunities in this season. So always be careful and watch, especially in this season, be careful of the spirit of fear and intimidation that will try to hold back your witness, you know, your walk with God. 
Be very careful. Don't allow it. Refuse it. Reject it categorically. Also, stop in this season. Stop focusing on your weaknesses because that will blind you to your gifts. Honestly, a lot of people that say, well, I don't do this well. I don't do this well. So don't do anything. No, 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 no. Don't focus on your weakness. Focus on God's love. Focus on God's grace. Understand that you have gifts. Share your gifts and watch how God will move mightily through your gifts. Don't compare them to anybody else. Don't allow that so that you won't be blinded and so that it won't uh, put you in a place of paralysis. Also, refuse to listen to the critics. You know, you'll always have critics. And those people just don't care about you. They're jealous. You know, they, 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 don't, they don't want you to move. They don't like it. They're, they're not doing it themselves and they don't want you to do it either. So when you move, they'll criticize you. When you move in God, when you get involved in the Lord, see, only look at what God is calling you to do, see? Because if you listen to the criticisms of others, who only look at your weaknesses, it will also paralyze you. And then the other thing is refuse to compare yourself with anybody else, because that can also paralyze you. You're unique. God made you unique. So don't look at that other person and what other, this guy's doing, that lady's doing. Forget about that. What are you called to do? And do that to the best of your ability. God knows when you're doing your best. So don't worry what other people think. And the next thing we need to consider is this is a season to streamline. Streamline what you're doing. This is not a time of excess. It's a time where we need to continue daily with one accord in the temple, whether it be physically or virtually, breaking bread from house to house in fellowship, eating your food with gladness and simplicity of heart. You know, the, the, the apostles did that with the disciples in Acts chapter 2, verse 46. And this is a day-to-day -day that we have to be the same. Simplicity of heart. No, nothing extravagant. Just serve God. Streamline what you're doing. God will do more with less. Remember Jesus when he took the sandwich of that little boy, the two fish and the five loaves? How many people was he able to feed? He had... He did more with less. He had what the world saw as little. The disciples certainly knew it was not enough, according to their mindset. But Jesus took it, blessed it, and he was able to feed the multitudes with it. So streamline this, this um, year. Don't, don't try to get more. Just do more with less. And you watch how God would actually promote it, multiply it, and would feed the multitudes with it. All right, so let's make sure that we live by godly principles in this day. Don't react like those who react emotionally to changing landscapes you know, of each new season. Be constant. Be steady. Power comes once we see an opportunity and commit to doing His will. Right? So, lastly, the last thing is become doers of the Word, not hearers. See, uh, the Bible says in James 1.22, be doers of the Word. And not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. See, hearers, they hear. It comes one ear, out the other. And God knows the difference. He knows the doer. He knows the hearer. We need to be doers of the word. Throughout the scriptures, you see great men of God, women of God, who did great things for God. Joseph, his commitment fed the nations. Moses, his commitment delivered a nation. David, his commitment was able to slay the dragon. So he slew the dragon. He was committed to God. Andrew, his commitment connected Peter with uh, Jesus. Isn't that interesting? 
that, that was, you know, we don't hear much of Andrew, but Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. Barnabas, his commitment connected Saul of Tarsus with the rest of the apostles. See, each man had a great thing that he did. Paul, his commitment helped him to write two-thirds of the New Testament. Think about that. Commitment. And what about the greatest one? Jesus. His commitment is legendary. Par unparalleled. Historic. It has opened the door of opportunity for every person to experience the privilege and honor of being adopted into the kingdom. Being adopted into the king's family. Being part of the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your commitment because you loved us. All of them were part of a great move of God that changed the future of countless multitudes. However, they had to break through fears, intimidation, issues, problems, people, attacks of the enemy in order to be able to accomplish their assignment. And they did it. They went through. They did it. They pushed through and they got it done. And they pleased God. So today, as we consider that, as we consider this ever-changing landscape, we need to realize we need commitment. We have great opportunities, people. Today is our opportunity to ask the Lord. Lord, help me. Help me, Lord God, to get rid of the things of a past season that would not allow me to thrive in this new season. Help me, Lord, to accomplish what you desire for me to do. So that in that day, you'll be able to say, like the Apostle Paul, I've accomplished what you gave me to do. Hallelujah. Very, very vital. So may God open up your eyes today to see what is your level of commitment. Do you need to increase in your commitment? Have you been thrust to the side because, you know, you got caught up with some things and, and it hurt you? You got wounded? No, this is a time to once again say to God, God, I'm here. Use me. Here am I. Use me, Lord, for your glory and the benefit of those you give me the privilege of ministering to. And see with God's eyes, Holy Spirit, who are the ones you're calling me to love on? Who are the ones you're calling me to disciple, to minister to, to bless? How can I serve you? Check your gifts, your talents and abilities. Don't compare them to anybody else. It's a great opportunity right now. And whoever takes this opportunity will be able to walk in through those doors and do great things with God. As you partner with God let me pray with you this moment Heavenly Father I thank you for your kindness your love and tender mercies thank you for your goodness in our lives and thank you father that you've made us all important and needed in the kingdom of God so this moment I pray for your people that you bless them first and foremost show them the things they need to leave behind and give them new strength and boldness and wisdom and ability and discernment to be able to press through into this new season, Lord, with joy, with grace, uh, Father, with commitment, with passion, with boldness, my God, with zeal, my God, that they might be able to minister to those you're given the privilege of ministering to and give you great glory and honor in their lives. Bless them and their families. Grant them strength in their bodies, strength physically, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally, my Lord. I pray your healing anointing upon all your people this moment. Hallelujah. Right there, lift your hands up. Right where you're at. Father, right now, heal, Lord God. Let your healing anointing, your healing virtue come right now upon your people. Holy Spirit, holy anointing, I pray. Touch the bodies from the top of the head to the soles of their feet. I also pray that you touch their hearts. Wherever any wounds are, I pray cleanse the wounds, emotional wounds, 
things that they might have experienced in the past that caused them sadness, that caused them to be disillusioned. Father, restore passion in them right now, for you're not done, and we're not done yet. We're still on assignment. So I pray, restore, right, Lord, restore their joy, their joy of serving you, their joy, Lord God. May they wake up every morning and say, oh, man, what's up? Another day, huh? Instead of that, that they might say, yes, thank you, Father, for this new day. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Give them that passion once again. Restore it in this new season. We give you the praise for it, and we give you the glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Listen, if you're uh, one that uh, God has been speaking to, and you haven't come into the kingdom yet, you haven't received Jesus yet, or... If you served God in a past season, but you had gotten away, listen, this is your moment. God is saying, come to me, because I want to bless you in this year. I, wanna, I, I want you to come back home, son. I want you to come back home, daughter. Right there, if that's you, I want you to pray with me right now. Pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask your forgiveness. Forgive me, Lord, of any sin. I receive your son, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father. You said in your word that if we come to Jesus, if we believe in Jesus, we would be saved. And this moment, I believe in your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and my Savior. I pray it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. If you made that prayer and you're reconnecting with God, we want to help you. We want to send you more verses and we want to send you material. So please go to the chat room right now and give us your email and we will send you uh, information okay to your email all right so please do that uh, if you want to call our office and give us your information also you could do that at 718-829-5306 we also uh, minister to you through our website so we also have a lot of information on the website uh, you could see uh, past services um, in our archives we're also you also could find us on YouTube you could um, uh, YouTube us so to speak or look look for us on YouTube at uh, uh, Calvary Christian Fellowship also Facebook we're on live right now but later on this will be recorded on Facebook so we also have past services on Facebook so you could feel free to catch up we've had uh, we've been teaching on um, the importance of how to embrace this new season throughout this month of January so make sure you go back and listen to those messages praise God hallelujah so God bless you all as we get ready to close I want to uh, just remind you that you can easily access us um, if you also haven't had a chance to release your offering, please feel free to do so at the end of this service. You can go to calvaryny.org forward slash give. calvaryny.org forward slash give. And you could conveniently release an offering there. We thank you for that. Thank you for your continued disciplines and your faithfulness in this brand new year. I love you and appreciate you. Remember, next Tuesday we are meeting. We're actually going to have... Uh, as it were a, a, a town hall that's what we're calling it we're calling it a town hall so uh, we ask for all the members to come this Tuesday on our uh, zoom page uh, if you don't have that information call the office 718-829-5306 and we'll get that over to you all right or send us an email and we'll send you the link you, if you want to reach me on my email it's pastor victor at calvaryny.org pastor victor at calvaryny.org. 
and we'll send you the information. It's Tuesday at 7.30, and we'll be asking questions, we'll be talking, we'll be chatting, we'll be giving you updates as to when we're getting back to the building. So please feel free to come with your questions. If you have concerns, let us know. We want to hear your voice, okay? So meet us this Tuesday. I expect a, past, a packed house. And don't worry, as many of you as want to come, you can make it. There's no, we don't have any limits on Zoom. Uh, you can you can be with us this coming Tuesday at 7.30, okay? So make sure you do so. All right, brethren, uh, let me release you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day and for the time you allowed us to spend together. We pray your continued blessing upon your people. Lord, and thank you that your angels encamp around the bottom and guard them and keep them in all of their ways. Uh, so Father, we bless you, my God, and thank you for giving us the privilege of partnering with you. Thank you, Lord God, for loving us. We're so grateful. We're eternally grateful to you. We dismiss now from this service, giving you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in the name that is above all names, the name of our Lord and Lord, King of Kings, Jesus Christ, Amen and amen. Remember, you're blessed and you are highly favored. So go be that blessing that God has called you to be. Love you.